Mutiny Sports, your sports, your way, the way it should be. To join the Mutiny Sports family, go to our Facebook page and message any of our family of Mutiny Sports pages. From NFL to NCAA, we have it all. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of Mutiny Sports Podcast. We are glad y'all joined us again this week. Uh, we've got a fun week planned for you, or fun episode planned for you, rather. Um, we are missing Cole again this week, but it's Dez, Josh, and I back again for another week. Um, Dez is back from his one-week hiatus, had a couple of things going on last week, wasn't able to join us, but he's back this week. Hopefully next week we'll have all four uh, co-hosts back together. So let's go ahead and just immediately get rolling with this one. This week, a lot of big things have happened. Uh, the national championship was Monday. Congrats, congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks on winning the Natty. Um, disappointing that my Tar Heels couldn't p- figure it out, but congratulations to them. Opening day was Thursday for the MLB. Um, already lots of fun and excitement, some drama going on. Um, a good season already in the first two days. Um and then this weekend we have a NASCAR race and the NBA season is wrapping up. We'll be starting playoffs, I believe, end of next week, early the week after. Um, so we've got a lot to cover this episode. Let's get jumping into it. Let's go ahead and go directly into our overreactions for this week. This week I've only got one overreaction. Um, and it, it's not one of, like it's not a huge overreaction, but it's definitely something that's going to get us talking a little bit. Uh, my overreaction this week is that Nico Horner will be just as good defensively and much better offensively than Javi Baez was at shortstop. Here's why. Javi was great defensively. But Javi made a lot of errors. Because every play for Javi had to be flashy. It had to be next level, get him on the highlight reel. right? And so when he made those plays, it made you forget about the errors he made in the game. Um, I remember a few years ago, I believe it was the 2016 World Series run, when he had that uh, um, swim move slide into second to steal a bag that he honestly should not have gotten. And it kind of made us forget about the two strikeouts in that game, as well as the error that came in that exact exact same game. And and so with Javi, the the magic, right? The magic of Javi made you forget about the strikeouts and the errors. Because Javi was just this magnificent player who always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Nico Horner is the opposite of that. He's not flashy, but he's, he's that guy that's going to give you a 95% fielding percentage. He's that guy that's going to strike out maybe once every five games, if that. He's that guy that's going to consistently get on base. He's going to consistently field the ball with high accuracy. And every now and then, he's still going to make that flashy play. Um, yesterday, in the game yesterday, he had that two-run home run that um, gave us the lead at three to one. And then he also, it was, he was called safe at first, but it was, I mean, it was bang, bang. And it was an incredible play, almost Javi-esque. And the guy's younger than Javi. The guy came up younger than Javi. He has time, right? And so, like I said, with Javi, you got the flashy. You got exciting plays. You got highlight real stuff. With Nico, you're going to get more low-key, but more consistent. He's going to have 95% fielding years. He's going to have gold glove years. He's going to have um, years where he doesn't record more than 15 strikeouts in the season. He's going to have really, really good offensive years along with very sound defensive years, which I think then puts him in the same category as Javi. He's not going to make that flashy play, but he's going to make up for that high efficiency defense. 
And then offensively, he'll be better than Javi because he shows flashes of power. He's a high contact, medium power guy who's not going to strike out. And so that's where I'm at with that. Go ahead and react. So I guess I don't, I'll admit, I don't pay a ton of attention to Cubs baseball, but I'll agree with you because it, looking back on everything I remember of Ave Baez was that he was either a highlight reel or, you know, he, he only had those highlight reel plays. Other than that, you didn't hear from him. But Horner's name, like yesterday I watched the game, and you were, he had a big game. He looked good all the way around. I So I'll agree with you, because you're right, he is young. So I guess I don't have a ton on the subject, just because I don't watch a ton of Cubs baseball, but uh, I'll agree with you. I... You, you can explain to me why uh, Horner missed, um, some, like why he went, what, 519 days uh, with, without recording a hit in the in the pros, in the, in the big league? Uh, it was something like that. It may have been 519 days without a, without a home run in the big leagues. However, it was almost two years without a certain – it's either a home run or a hit. Had a full season of big league time. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the, the dude made it. His debut in 2019. So remember that yeah. he got sent back. He made his he, debut at the end of 2019. 2020, he didn't come up because of, or he, maybe he played one or two really. games of injury issues, and then last year he was out with injuries. Yeah. So I wouldn't put my money into Nico Horner because obviously he's already proven that he is an injury risk. Um, but but you have to think about He's, the fact that so was Javi. Javi missed 25% of last season of his time with the Cubs last season due to injury. The year before, I think it was like 30% of the season he missed due to yeah. injury. The last three full seasons, he's missed, missed significant time due to injuries. And that's fine and all, but the difference is Nico doesn't have the nickname. Oh, was it El Mahigo? I'm not, I'm, I'm not Hispanic. Yeah, so I way over-enunciated that one. Um what Hoffman does on the base paths is a work of art. I mean, we, we all remember what happened last year with the Pirates and a play that should have been an out to in the like in the inning, nobody scores. But instead, he played he pulled some ridiculous crap on on his way to first on a ball hit right in front of him. But but let's talk uh, about let's talk about the team. Part. Let's talk about the team that that happened against and but, how dysfunctional that was. And the first that's fine, rule but that's of not the first time he's made. You but you don't chase down like you in that situation. If you're a first baseman and you're in the pros, you've been taught since you were a, a first grader. You touch that, the bag. That is fine, but that's not the only example of him making a ridiculous play on the way to a, a plate and getting and making it or making it safely or getting around to score in the process. So what he does on the base path is insane in itself and. Let's not forget that not even 24 hours ago, he hit a – or is a little 24 hours ago now, I bet. He hit a walk-off home – or it was a walk-off home run or a walk-off sacrifice, something along those lines to give Detroit a win on opening day. Oh, don't get so, me wrong. Javi is clutch as hell. So, I mean, the defensively, yeah, Nico is – I'll give you that. Nico Horner is probably the safer bet. But offensively, I think 
the flashy is what you need. I mean, flashy's gonna make y'all's money, first of all. Look at San Diego. Flashy's made them money. Yeah, but Second, Flashy also got them 77 wins last year. And not being Flashy, got the Cubs let fewer wins. So 75. Or 75. Fewer wins. It's I mean, fewer wins. Two with less 77. That, that's fine. 77 is still more than 70. 74. I hate the Padres, man. I'm a Dodgers fan, so don't make me stick up with the Padres. Uh, fine. Flashy gets you wins. Look at UT, best team in baseball right now, and college baseball right now. They're flashy. They're getting wins. That's a sad subject. I think what Javi does on the base paths is enough to make up for his defensive errors. Not 100% of the time, but I think he generates enough wins. I mean, he's got a positive war for a reason. It's and if he if he didn't have one, it wasn't he wouldn't be on the field. He wouldn't be, you know, constantly looked at as a as an All Star candidate. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be getting contracts like he does. No, I'm not saying he's not an all-star. I'm just saying Nico's going to be better. Javi is I, a perennial a perennial all-star and a perennial MVP consideration for a reason. But Nico Horner is a more sound option defensively. You're not going to have the errors with Nico that you had with Javi. And offensively, he's more consistent. He's not going to strike out nearly as much. He's going to make contact. He's going to move the players along the base path. Yeah, Javi, when he got on base, was a freak on the base paths. But the thing is, Javi didn't get on base. Very look rarely. At base. Look at today's era of baseball. OBS, like, on, your on-base percentage is dropping across the league. Slugging percentage is going up. Strikeout percentages are going up. This isn't necessarily a league of small ball with the exception of Tampa Bay. And even then, they've not been able to win anything with it. Like, they've won a division, what, twice now? But as a whole, small ball is... You know, it's not it's not this generation of baseball. It's either you built the ball to the outfield or send it over the fence or you get it out. Like, it's either a line out or a strikeout most of the time. I, I don't know the exact statistics on it off the top of my head. I, I mean, I can vote, but we're in the middle of a recording. But in today's era of baseball, I think Javi is he, – he fits it more. Like, getting on base is important, sure. But it's always it's only important if you're actually doing something when you're when you're on the plate or when you're when you're out there. So if a guy can make a move and avoid an out, even if he's only even if he's only getting on base, you know, once a game, I'm gonna take the guy. I'm gonna take him over the guy who gets on base twice a game, but doesn't make isn't able to make the moves and avoid getting outs. No, that's fair. Um, but I just I look at this from an aspect of the fact that the Cubs over the last I think since 2016 we've led the majors in home runs twice. Neither time did we win the World Series. I mean, listen, you don't have to lead the majors to, in home runs to win the World Series, but you, I, I just think that, that I'll pull up the stats real quick to see um, if there's a correlation between you know, runners or teams that have a higher slugging percentage in winning the World Series versus teams who play more so small ball, like I said, the Rays, um, and and don't. Or, I mean, even even not even World Series, just make it playoffs in general. Because, that, I mean, that's the way – that's the direction baseball is set in now. Um, like it or not, that's what, that's what it is. I mean, the MLB literally admitted last year to juicing the balls to produce more home runs. Yeah. 
and then got mad so, when we're doing things to drive pitchers up. So, I mean, yeah. they were driving home or ah, uh, no hitters were through the roof, and so they did everything they could to make sure that didn't happen anymore. Which, yeah. personally, as a defensive guy and as a guy who played pitcher, I prefer to watch somebody throw no hit. That, that's more magical to me than watching somebody oh, hit yeah. seven runs in the same game. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And that's a discussion itself. I think they need, they need just to quit screwing with the game and let us have pitchers' doors. Or because, in my opinion, that's more. Uh, I mean, that's more fun to watch. I'm not saying like a one nothing pitchers' duel, but like you know, a, a three to two pitchers type game. are. You know, both pitchers are throwing gems. Yeah, because like, in today's era, like most pitchers don't go like six innings. Is about average for a starting pitcher. Yeah, right. you're, you're looking at more like five innings. You hit seven, and all of a sudden you're great. Like you're doing great, yeah. which in even the early 2010s was bizarre. Like you're six innings was the that. expectation, and seven yeah. plus was a good game. Yeah, like you get to seven and two thirds innings, and you're like, oh, he's having himself a game. But now you get, you know, you you get two six and two thirds, seven innings. And now you finish the gym. Yeah. Even if you've allowed, Jose Barrios just made it one out. <laughs> I mean, fair. But, I mean, that's because he plays for Toronto. Actually, I'm not going to show them yeah. too much. I'm about to talk talk them up here in a few minutes. <laughs> but no, um, we're going to sidetrack. I, I still think I would still rather take Javi. Like, maybe not in the long run because obviously he's older. He's He's not that much older, is he? Uh, I just like looked it up. I think he's 29, 29 or 30. Javi? Yeah, he was born in 92. Yeah. I was going to say, okay, so he's like five years older. Nico's, uh was born in 97. So five years, but it's also baseball where it's a sport where you can play into your mid-30s and still be serviceable, uh, especially at a position like shortstop um, where you're not making as long as the throws as somebody who's in – Who's playing well, third or outfield? I mean, look at Freddie Freeman. He's what thirty-two, and he had yeah, to push to get a long-term deal. Yeah, but that's also a different position. Like that's the longest throw that you make on a regular basis in baseball. Is that third to first throw? He's a first baseman. What was he throwing to third? Fuck, what am I? I'm retarded. I don't know why bit. I was thinking. And he's talking about him. I don't know why the fuck I was thinking he played third. It was because. It's because, that, it's because Max Muncy played third today, and it threw me off that Justin Turner wasn't playing third. That, Isn't Justin Turner not a Dodger? The fuck? Yeah, he's a Dodger. I thought he left this offseason. No. He's, I thought he's, he left his contract, Not his contract's up next year, or until the end of this season. Oh, I thought for sure he was gone this season. I'm, I'm sure Josh... Wishes he would leave. That way, the, he could quit feeling stupid about the meds um, releasing him. Yeah, I didn't forget. He was. He was yep, a man. I just. I just pulled yeah, him was. up on. Uh, up on Google, and the first image that popped up is him in a Mets uni. Yeah, because I he was okay with the Mets too. He played like two seasons. I think he played two seasons. Um, out there, and then like the Mets started getting had that run where they got good they released him i think he played for the marlins for like a very briefly not even like a month the marlins released him and the dodgers like you know what we'll take him 
and the rest is history. But no, yeah, I'm still taking, I'm still taking hobby at this point. Um, just see me in a, see me in a year or two, maybe. But as of this point in both their careers, I'm taking hobby ten times I'm, out of ten. I still think at the end of their career, Nico Horner is a surefire Hall of Famer, and hobby is questionable. That is, I think hobby's going to have a drop very, off. Very. I dude, think hobby's going to have a drop barely. off. You're saying a dude who's never played a full season of professional, like major league baseball. The the intangibles are insane. Hall of Famer. The intangibles. Hey, guy, the Padres yeah, gave is, a record contract to a guy who'd never played a full season before last year. Yeah, I mean, so did the Rays, and it doesn't mean they're right for it. Good point. I. I, I bashed saying, like, them for it when it happened. Yeah, I, the, the the Rays literally signed Franco, a dude who's who was only drafted two years ago, mind you, um, and has played half the season of baseball. I a massive contract. So just that, because they're making deal, these contracts, I, I'm I'm gonna say that right this right now. That deal for Wander Franco is going to save the Rays money in the long run because he's gonna be worth more in arbitration come year six than he would have been with this contract. Good point. I all agree with that. Because the way contracts have been going up. Yeah, and the way arbitration is going, they would have lost money in, on that, or they, they're going to gain money on that deal because of arbitration. He's going to be worth more than that. And the fact that they've got him locked up long term is going to leave um, Stu and that organization in a very good situation to retain him while still putting players around him to build towards the future and have a good team. That's, I think that's fine. If he pans out, I, and I, I think the intangibles are very much there for him to pan out. You, they're there, but just because he's good on paper, don't mean he's going to be good in, in the show. I mean, we see this Baseball all the time is, across every sport. Baseball is one of the few sports where you rarely see regression from rookie year to next to the next year. At least long term. Aaron Judge had a regression <sighs> his first year and his sophomore year, and then he bounced back after the All-Star break. Cody yeah, Bellinger is questionable. Cody because... Bellinger and Christian Yelich both have regressed yeah, significantly since, was it 2018? Yeah, since their MVP seasons. And yeah. so, I mean, look at them and you, you see that. But at the same time, like, you see a lot of guys that came up and they were super hyped and now they're the faces of the league, right? With the NBA you see guys who came up and they were the future faces of the league. And then all of a sudden they just disappeared off the face of the earth with the NFL. But, you see I mean, the same happens, thing. It happens in baseball too. Cause I mean, Yasiel Puig was hyped as hell coming into the, um, in triple a in the minors. He comes up, he comes up to the league. He has a year or two of phenomenal baseball. And then he's playing in, I think Mexico now. Yeah. But he's also older now, isn't he? He had quite a few good years. Yeah, he had a couple he, good years. He kind of ran the majors for about four or five years. Not really, like three. He had three lights out seasons. When did he play for the Mets? Uh, he never played 2015. For the Mets. No, he didn't. He was on the Dodgers, dude. He came up with the he Dodgers. The Dodgers in 15. He played for the Mets in 20. Yeah. Oh, so it was like one of those very brief things. Because I know, I, I remember him playing for Cincinnati after he, um, the Dodge, 
the Dodgers traded him to Cincinnati, I believe, or he, they let him like they released him some shit like that. They either way, he ended up in Cincinnati, and they got traded again to Cleveland. I think it was. Could have sworn he. Oh no, he never played that... for them. Yeah, no, you're right. That. Okay, who yeah. was it? Who there were rumors the... of him going. Somebody to went from the. Somebody went from the Dodgers to the Mets in 2015 mm-hmm. oh, at the deadline. This year. No, but it was 15 at the deadline because that helped propel them to the World Series. I'm pretty sure it was from the Mets. Joanna Cespedes. Maybe that's who it was. Did he go from the Mets to the Dodgers or from the Dodgers to the Mets? Uh, He went to the Mets. And the Dodgers got Curtis Anderson in 2017. Yeah. Yep. I'm he went from the. I'm sorry. He went from the Tigers to the Mets. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so I wasn't oh. even. Okay, you said sorry. They got Kurt I... Anderson in 2017, Des. Do what? You said the Dodgers picked up Curtis Granderson in 2017. Yeah. For who? Uh. I'll look. Uh, where the fuck? Cash. Cash. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, the so. Mets ended Granderson's tenure with the team early Saturday when the trade from the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Mets sent Cash along with Granderson and will receive either a player to be named later or Cash in return. <laughs> okay, so I apologize. I was thinking of a completely different player and completely different trade partner. And you know what the worst part about that trade is? The Mets it didn't work for team. won it. Because yeah, Curtis yeah, Granderson probably. did a shit in L.A. Nope, he did not. It was a waste of a trade. But we still made the World Series that year, even though we got cheated out of it. Yeah. No, I will never forget that. All right. Well, with that, let's move on from overreactions, and let's head to just Josh. and go- Josh, go ahead. Okay, so my topic tonight is uh, has to do with teams um, honoring... Uh, people who were influential in the in their franchise uh, who didn't necessarily play for them. Uh, basically, I wanted to talk about it because uh, I repped the Sabres on the NHL page. I'm a big Sabres fan. Uh, Rick Jennerette is retiring at the end of the year. He's broadcasted Sabres games since their second league in the year, uh, so, or second year in the league. Uh, so he's been broadcasting Sabres games since 1971. Since the mid-90s, it's been both radio and TV. His broadcasts have been simulcast on both. Uh, he's been part-time for the last decade, but he's finally, uh, this year, when they play the Blackhawks on the 29th, will be his last game. Uh, and it was just, it was really special last Friday night. I went up to Buffalo for the game. They honored him pregame with a ceremony. Uh, they raised a banner to the rafters, uh, much like when they retire somebody's number. But instead of a number on the banner underneath his name was just a big microphone. Uh, it was probably the Sabres only sellout all season. Uh, it was clear everybody was there for uh, for Rick Jenneret. 
it was a nice ceremony. Uh, the pagolas were booed because they were on the ice for the ceremony. Uh, and while oh, they've turned the while they've turned the bills around, the Sabers haven't made the playoffs uh, since the first year that the pagolas owned them. So it has to be weird. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it has to oh, be no, weird okay. to, to be booed in the winter in spring months by the same people who cheer for you in the fall and winter months. Which is exactly what I was thinking as I was sitting there booing them. I was like, you know, if, if this if this were a Bills game, I would be cheering for them. I have cheered for them at Bills games. Josh out but, be out there like, fuck you, I love you guys, but fuck you. But you, you know, so just, these six months. It was a really special game. Uh, the ceremony was nice beforehand. And then in every uh, timeout, TV timeout between uh, during the period intermissions, they showed some of his uh, more historic calls. And uh, they had a lot of uh, stuff on the video board of uh, players from around the NHL, players who have played for the Sabres, uh, coaches. Uh, they had one from Wayne Gratzky. So just it was really nice to see them honor them. And it just got me thinking about, uh, or in general, how teams honor from time to time people who may not have played for them, but were certainly influential uh, to the game and to that team. So no, I, mean, I don't know if you guys have thoughts. No, I... I'm with you there. Like, I definitely think announcers bring a whole um, whole new love for the game. Um, I mean, the Dodgers with Vince Gulley, literally to get to Dodger Stadium, you have to take um, you've, the road leading to Dodger Stadium from the main road is uh, Vince Gulley Avenue. So you've got a – he's all over the place. Um, there, I remember – I can't remember exactly who it was a couple of years ago. Um, one of the former UT announcers, uh, he had passed. And, you know, there, there was a big morning uh, here in Knoxville. Um, so definitely announcers, they do they do make you appreciate the game a lot more, especially for um, – well, it's a little bit less in, in nowadays time um, with the, as far as the radio aspect goes. But um, still, like, you got certain guys you – Absolutely love listening to on the, um, like on the TV and I don't know. You, you associate their voice with with your team, and it it, it makes it more enjoyable uh, to watch as a fan. Yeah. So like like I said, that game last week was sold out. Um, the Sabers are on pace. They've averaged just a little bit more than eight thousand a game all year. It's uh, they're on pace to be the lowest, have the lowest attendance of any NHL team in over 20 years. Uh, Good Lord. That game against the Blackhawks on the 29th, I could honestly see nobody attending because everybody will want to be at home watching his last call. Um, I just, it was a special game to be at. No, it's it's always special to listen to like, you know, especially an announcement you grew up listening to. Um, 
their, their last call. I will never forget uh, back in 2017, Vince Scully's last call um, at the regular with the Dodgers during the regular season. Like he, he still makes appearances every now and then, but um, it, it's just it's something that jerks your heart. Um, but one thing that sucks about this is uh, a lot of people. When I, I remember seeing it with the Dodgers, is these guys are irreplaceable. But at the same time, like you got to realize the guys that uh, 90% of the time, I don't know how every organization does it, but the guys who uh, are replacing them, they came up, you know, the, at least like the last couple of years, two or three years of the uh, of their career, like they had the guys replacing them was right, like right there in the booth with them, learning from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Rob um, Ray has called, has been a broadcast partner of. Rick Jenneret for 15 years now, I think. I think he went right from his retiring as a player to the broadcast booth. And then the other guy who's actually replacing Jenneret has already been filling in for years because Rick's only called like half the games the last few years. But, you know, and at the end of the game, he was the first star of the game. They brought him out on the ice for... Uh, picture. It was probably a little more joyful because the Sabres actually won that game. Uh, I definitely didn't think we had a prayer against Nashville going into it, but sir, so, I mean, you beat us earlier in the year. Uh, That's true. I about that. The thing, the thing for me has always been that, uh, like, the announcers mean so much to, um us as fans, right? I remember very specifically during the 2016 World Series run when as soon as the Cubs won the World Series, right? The one of the first commercials to come on when we broke air was the Harry Carey was famous for saying, as sure as God made green apples, the Cubbies will one day again win the World Series. And Budweiser, who has sponsored the Cubs for so long, turned it into a World Series um commercial and like my dad was crying for a multitude of reasons but i remember when that came on like the tears definitely became heavier and like just the impact that harry carey had on him as a fan as the announcer of the cubs then carrying over to us cubs fans as we watched our cubs finally win the world series after 108 years and just that culmination of everybody that had been a part of it for 108 years finally getting to experience a world series win i mean and it's huge, not just for teams that have waited 108 years. It's It was huge for the Dodgers to have finally won it in 2020 when they waited, what was it, almost uh, 35 years? Yeah. 32? So. Yeah, 32 years. I mean, so, so I mean, you've got these teams that teams that have either waited multiple decades to win a world series or win a championship again, or even teams that have consistently won championships and just to have that announcers be part of it. As much as I hate Joe Buck, Joe Buck's call will forever be ingrained in my brain will be forever ingrained in my brain as the Cubs have won the world series, like the greatest moment in my sports life. And Joe Buck was a part of it. This is like the problem we can face too, because like, um, you know, it, probably one of the most iconic lines in at least baseball is always Vince Coley. You know, it's time for Dodger baseball. I, I'm not even going to attempt to imitate 
the goat. Mm-hmm. You guys can argue with me on that one, but I, every year, you know, I, I get excited for it, and he usually posts something on social media, or the Dodgers will post something with with him saying it. But and it's there, there's definitely the national tragedies. It's going to be like a national tragedy when one of these guys finally uh, does pass. Well, I was even going to say, like, as much as I hate Joe Buck, I still, even though I'm not a Red Sox fan, I still get chills, and I can still hear Joe Buck in my mind say, oh, my goodness, for the first time in 86 years, the Boston Red Sox have won the World Series. Like, I... I still think, like, just that call that um, Chris Bryant, or it's going to be a tough play. Chris Bryant, the Cubs have won the World Series 8, 7, and 10 for the first time in 108 years. Like, just the absolute euphoria from that moment. I can't stand Joe Buck, but in that moment, Joe Buck made that moment better. I, was, I wasn't I was able to watch the third out of the uh, World Series for the Dodgers. I was on the way home from work, but I was listening. I mean, but I was listening to the car. And when Urias got that third out, like, and you heard, you heard the announcer. I'm horrible with his name, even though he's replaced school, I'm still horrible with his name. Um, you know, saying the Dodgers have done, they've finally got over the hump and won, won the World Series. Like, just bawling my like bawling my eyes out as they, as it's happened. Seeing your team win it and hearing the announcer, like for your team, say it, like it's, it's something you will always remember exactly where you were, yeah, when it happened, and you'll always remember hearing exactly what it sounded like. Well, and then Pat Hughes for the Cubs, he got the final call in the NLCS against the Dodgers to send us when we got Puig out at first base, um, in 2016, and just that call was insane. I mean, I was sitting in the car. I was, I'd actually been at National FFA that week. Um, I had flown back that Saturday when we won it. Um, and we, I mean, we shelled Kershaw. It was just, Kershaw looked like a shell of himself. It was a nightmare. He was like his postseason self. Well, that's true. Aside from the one World Series run. <laughs> hey, that's all we need. Um, but, but to be able to hear that call, just to get back to Josh's original point and like the retiring of, um, people who not necessarily had numbers, but like retirement of um, announcers of broadcasters and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it means a lot to a, a team like that. Their voice, especially if they've been with the team for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, however long they've been a part of it to be able to have that and have that connection to your Cubs, to have that connection to your Sabres, to your Dodgers, to your whatever team you like to have that connection, have that voice connection. It means a lot. And so um, and those calls are part of some of our greatest sports memories. I mean, I'm sure Josh has memories of, um, I, I sorry, I forgot his name, but uh, Rick Jenneret, Rick Jenneret making calls for the Sabres as he grew up. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got his, I mean, he always had famous ones for players like, but he, you know, for goals like top shelf, he'd say, you know, that one's top shelf right where mama hides the cookies. Yeah. And stuff like that. But like, you know, they showed a clip. Um, yeah. He had one. And I never remember the guy's first name. 
Brad, I think is what it was, um, May scored a goal, and it was his famous uh, Mayday call because he scored the goal, and then RJ just started yelling, Mayday, 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 he scores. And they asked him after the game when he, you know, planned on making such a great call for that. And he goes, plan it. The guy hasn't scored in 18 games. I didn't think he was going to score tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This is like that sense of that sense of humor that he had. So, but I texted my wife during the game and I was like, I said, you know, I've definitely cheered up a couple times tonight. And she goes, you're pathetic. I said, hey, this is a retirement. <laughs> I told her, I said, this is a retirement party. I said, they're playing clips of calls that, you know, I grew up with all through high school, you know, when the Sabres were actually good. I said, you know, this is emotional. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny for me, though? And I've said this in the chats before. But and I figure I'll just bring it to the podcast. But I, I for as much as I hate Joe Buck, the two greatest memories I have from sports are tied to him. The miracle oh. in Minneapolis was called by Joe Buck, and yeah. the Cubs winning the World Series was called by Joe Buck. And now he's going Buck to Monday Night Football. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that yeah, I don't we're... have to worry about him ruining Vikings moments because we don't have my moments on Monday <laughs> Night Football. All right, with that, let's head to on campus with Des. Des, what do you got for us this week? Something completely different. Um, I'm only going to say one thing about collegiate sports as a whole, and that's fuck you, Vandy. We slept your bitch asses in Nashville. Um, anyways, I actually want to just discuss MLB since, since it's opening weekend. Um, we've kind of had a baseball-oriented show anyway. Um Let's just keep rolling with it. So, I, th- I think this week we're going to kind of do a, a pick'ems of sorts, where uh, we'll, we'll go through, we'll pick our division winners, uh, MVP favorites, and World Series, or we'll just pick our wild card, World Series and wild card teams, uh, as well as Rookie of the Year and Cy Young winners for each league. So we're going to so, pick division winners, World Series, and wild card teams. Yep. Uh, and then MVP and Rookie of the Year. And Cy Young. Okay. So the three major awards, all division winners, MVP and wild card. Yep. So we're talking like so, wild I mean, card, like a playoff spot or wild card to win yeah. the World Series? No, like wild, wild card is in like the three teams that we think will make the wild card. Like who are good enough to make playoffs, but not good enough to win their division. Okay. So... I, we'll, we'll just go on. We'll start with the AL East. Um, I, I like Toronto to win that division. Um, I, I know they're not looking great right now, but that's the best thing about baseball is it's a marathon, not a sprint, where you can lose. I mean, you can go over 15 to start the season off and still very well win the division. Yeah. Um, I just think they're the most complete team in a tough division. Um, I, I, I really like the team there. The thing that concerns me is their youth. Um, they, they've got the talent to win the division, but I don't trust them to go super far in the playoffs. Who, who's else picks for the um, Oh, we're going to go each, each individual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
All right. For the East, mm, this is a tough one. The Raids have kind of owned that division the last few years. But this year, I think um, I, I think I'm going to have to go Blue Jays. I think that young talent, that young core is starting to look very seriously dangerous. Obviously, they after tonight, they've discovered they have a couple pitching issues they need to um, clean up, but it's also the second day of the season. I mean, we can't be freaking out day two. And so I think... And refurbished Texas team who spent half a, half a billion in offseason. Yeah. I mean, you're facing a team that is very much spent to win with... I didn't realize they had a young core. They think they do. They spend a bunch of money to build around it. We'll see what happens. But that's a very good, a very dangerous looking Texas team. And if you're the Jays, you just got to be patient. Uh, This team's going to figure it out. The power is going to come. Also, you're only down three one or three nothing after one inning. Um, I don't know what the score is anymore. But Uh, six nothing in the fourth. Oof, it's a little rough, but but still, I mean, there's plenty of time. It's game two of the season. It's baseball. I think they, I think they've got the best roster in that division, and they will figure it out. All right, so I guess we're unanimous on the AL East then, because I've also got the Blue Jays. Uh, I realize I'm biased, but I love that young core, Vladdy, Bobachat. It's you know, and then the pitching staff. So I just. Well, you know, I just the the Jays it, are like the legacy team at this point. Like really? you've got you've got Bo Bichette, you've got um Vladdy, you've got what's the Come other on, one? Biggio. There's another junior. Yeah, Kevin Biggio. Um, there's one more, I think. There is uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Yeah, Lourdes Gurriel. Like there's four players on that team who have fathers who were MLB players at one point. Um, who are solid. Studs. <laughs> yeah, great yeah. MLB players at one point. So yeah, yeah, I I've got the Jays winning the division. Uh I think it's gonna be a tight race in that division. Oh, uh, yeah, arguably 100%. I think the best division in baseball. Uh top to bottom good. bottom, everybody except uh the Baltimore Orioles. Uh I think what's that? Uh, poor Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore is going to be uh, as bad this year, though. That's a bold prediction. No. Like, they've got a good young core that showed some signs of life last year. It's not going to be enough to win them anything, but I think they'll be competitive-ish. But I still think it's going to end up being the best team in – or, I mean, the best division in baseball. I mean, last year I realized it's a different season, but you had four teams with 91 or more wins. Yeah. So, I don't think they're going to get like that again, but I think they're going to have four playoff teams in that division. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think the Jays win it, and I'm just going to say it now. Um, my three wild cards out of the AL are Boston, New York, and Tampa. Yeah, yeah, insane. I, yeah, I agree with that, too. So, I guess there's our uh, wild card <laughs> picks taking care of right there. Um. Now, so I mean, I guess we can move on to the central, um, a division that's been pretty garbage the last couple of years. But I think they're finally, they, they've got a young division uh, with only two teams. That I think are gonna be absolute garbage. Um, but I, I, I like, 
I don't know. I, I like Minnesota coming out of that. I've been high on the Tigers all season. They they very well could compete for it. I just think that they're a little bit young to realistically compete for it, unfortunately. Um, I, I think Minnesota has it put together more uh, pitching-wise than the White Sox do. Uh, if it wasn't for the AL East being stacked, uh, I think the I think you could probably see another team out of that division make the playoffs. But I, I like I, I like Minnesota um, to win that division. Yeah, I'm gonna follow that up and say um, I actually like the White Sox to win that division. Um, I think they'll get some th- things figured out. They've got a very good bullpen and a really young core. Um, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, uh, Eloy Jimenez. Th- that, there's just some studs on that roster, and I think they're going to get it figured out, and they're going to make one heck of a run at the division this year, and I think they pull it out. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to pick the Tigers to win the Central. Uh, I like the their young core, uh, Casey Mize. What is it, Tariq Sandoval? Is there other stud pitcher? I guess uh, I don't know stud, but some... young good pitcher. Yeah, I just potential stud. You know, like like you said, they're a young team, but I I think they're gonna pull it off and win that division this year. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. A little bit of separation differences. Uh, Alrighty. So my, uh, then you want to lead off the AL West? I'll take AL West to start here. Um, I've got the the popular pick here is for me at least is the Seattle Mariners. I think they built a contender this off season. I think they're going to put some good baseball together. Um, and they're, they're gonna, I mean, that division is wide open right now. The A's have sold and they're sold out. Houston is kind of in a state of flux. You never know really where, which way, which direction their season's going to go. The Rangers confused the hell out of me this off season. They bought, but like, I didn't really think they had the pieces to be buyers right now. But I mean, if, if they thought they had the pieces to be buyers, that's good for them. I mean all in, but I think just top to bottom, the Seattle Mariners are more sound than anybody. That's fair. I, I, that, that's another division that's tough to pick. I think the only team in that division that's going to be garbage is going to be Oakland. Because uh, it's, it's hard it's hard to pick against Houston. Uh, they've been consistent. I mean, it's easy for me to pick against Houston because I have a resentment towards them. But um, like realistically, though, it's hard to pick against that Houston team. Uh, they've had a, a better part of a decade of dominance. Uh, and and Oakland, or, uh, the Angels with Mike Trout and Shelly Otane, they've got they've got the pieces there to compete. I don't think they have, realistically have, to have enough there to, uh, to actually win anything. But I, I, I like... Texas, uh, I mean the Dodgers. They they follow the Dodgers method and bought bought a roster that can compete with anybody's. Um, 
they've got a self a selfless roster too. I think they've got a lot of like, good leaders on that team. And the only thing that really concerns me is their pitching. Uh, but I, I think the bats will make up for, for lack of pitching for most of the season. So I like them to take the division. I, uh, I'm i going to pick uh, Los Angeles Angels. Uh, I think they've got the pieces. They could do it. Uh, Shohei Otani is my favorite player who isn't a Blue Jay or a Matt. And then Mike Trout. I just, I think they could do it. You're right. I mean, the Mariners were so good last year, and then they went out and spent money. So My it's probably me. more realistic, the Mariners, but I think the Angels will do it. See, my concern with the Mariners is the fact that they always start off phenomenal. They're right. We all we always think this is the year. They're finally going to make playoffs this year. And then summer, like the middle of summer hits, the all-star break hits, and they just forget how to play baseball. That is fair. They're the most consistently inconsistent team in baseball. Yeah. All right. um, We've already picked our wild card, um, the AL East. Whoever doesn't win the division makes the wild card. Yep. Yep. Except for the Orioles. I yeah. By Orioles. They're they're gonna be bad just because of the division they're in. They're not ready to No, they're gonna be bad because of the Orioles. I honestly would not be surprised if they have zero division series wins. They'll sneak one over the Yankees. You think they'll get a whole division win or a series win? Yeah, I do. I All right, let's pick over, our, I think they'll get like one or two. Let's let's go to Cy Young MVP and Rookie of the Year. Oh, My, okay, I, I thought we were going to do awards at the end. Oh, you know, but we we can do we can do awards now. It's all good. Oh, my bad. Okay, so it works right, for the American League? Yeah, yeah. That. My uh, MVP. Oh, you go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. We, we go MVP. Go MVP. All right, my MVP is Shohei Otani. I think he repeats. I think he's just too damn good not to. Um, he, The kid's a stud, and there's nothing more to say about him. I uh, I actually I may as well just say both right now. I'm picking Shohei Otani to sweep MVP and Cy Young. I'm a throw That's it bold. Give me what I think it's a hot take, but I. What did you say, Des? It's a give me Vladdy Jr. for MVP. He almost did it last year. I think he's got the poise to do it this year. All right. I'd love like to, to see Vladdy do it as a Jays fan, but I think so, I think Otani's going to get both Cy Young and MVP this year. Let's go. Sorry. Um, I, he, Otani definitely has the talent to do it, but I, I like Vladdy, man. He was he was right there. He he got in better shape in the offseason. He's gotten faster. Nothing that wants that. So, give me Vlad Jr. for that um, MVP. Uh, Cy Young, 
Ah, shit. That's a, it's, the AO's got some solid pitchers. Uh, I'm just going to be basic. Uh, give me Garrett Cole. Whine about it all you want. Give me Garrett Cole for you know, first Cy Young Award. Dante? Give oh. me Shohei Otani. Oh, so you also have him sweeping MVP and Cy Young. I think he becomes the first to ever do it, yes. The first ever to win an MVP and a Cy Young. I think Verlander did it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kershaw when did it. When he was with uh Oh, it, okay, Detroit. never mind. I meant I meant the first to ever do it as a ball like win MVP as a ball or as a batter and Cy Young as the pitcher. Okay. Uh, fair. Cuz I'm pretty sure it happens a lot especially with pitchers. Yeah, because I remember Verlander one year in Detroit when he was lights out, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he got MVP and Cy Young. Yeah, that's pretty sure my bad. Sure. Uh, just was dumb. All right, who who do we have representing the AL though? That's the real question. In the World Series? Yeah. Oh no, we got big rookie of the year. Oh yeah. Oh, that's easy. That's Bobby Witt Jr. I'll yeah. Do that all day. I have to agree with that one. Oh, jeez. I. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Yeah, that I think it's the only real exciting rookie coming up that, like, everybody is, like, super hyped about. You know, he's the number one prospect. He's. Well, I'm going to get. I'm going to go, go back to that here in a few minutes when we get to the um, NL rookie of the year. No, I'm saying in the AL. In the AL. In the AL. Yeah, probably. I mean, the the uh, Orioles have, I can't remember what his name is, but they've got a stud pitcher who's expected to uh, be called up any day now. I cannot remember his name. He's a top three prospect, prospect in baseball. But he plays yeah. for Baltimore, so nobody will ever hear from him again. Dude, if you put up if you put up Until he becomes the Cubs. Numbers. Hey, the Cubs have a history of turning stud Baltimore pitchers into great things. Case in point, 2015, Jake Arrieta. Fair enough. Okay, right. good point. So, on to the, you know. All right. out, out of the East, I got Atlanta again. Um, they looked rough last night, but they, they bounced back tonight against Cincinnati. Um, uh, Freddie, you know, you can argue they lost all Freddie Freeman, which they did. But Matt Olson isn't a chump either. Like, that man... He's solid. So I, I like Atlanta. They didn't lose enough to really concern me to uh, cost them the division, uh, especially with the Mets already proven that they're going to be injury prone, like I've called for all offseason. And the Phillies, who have underperformed time and time again. And then the yeah. Nationals, there's no hope for them outside of Juan Soto. And the Marlins are actually going to be a surprise team. I don't think they're going to be gone off a lot this year. I, think, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're going to. I think they're gonna make a fight for it. I've got the Braves winning that one as well. Um, I don't really think the Mets have the pieces to really make that division competitive. Um, and so that's my thoughts on that one. I would have to agree. My my heart 
wants to say the Mets, but realistically, the Mets have burned me over and over and over again in my life. So I'm going to have to go. The smart choice here is Atlanta for the division. Yeah. Uh, Give us your thoughts on the Central, Josh. You get to go first. All right. Uh, This is going to be a hot take, but I could see the Reds doing it. Uh, Yo! That is a very hot take. (laughs) That's Phoenix in the summertime hot. Yeah, I just, they looked great last night. I realize it's just, you know, opening day, but they came out on fire against the Braves. And I realized tonight that score went very much the other way, but I just, I think they could do it. Uh, And they've, they've got a lot of young pieces and that just, to me, I mean, it could be great or it could be bad, but so I'm going to just go ahead and put it on record here as a hot take that, uh, Cincinnati Reds will win that division. All right. All righty. I'm going to follow that up by uh, taking the logical choice here and saying clearly the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central. Um, I like the way the Cubs looked against the Brewers. I think the Brewers are going to be worse than anybody thinks this year. Um, but uh, I think the Cardinals run away with the NL Central. We're having a difference here. Uh, I've hyped up the Cardinals a couple of times. Um, I've done a little bit of research into it. Now, I I, I wish you would have gotten to go first, Dante, damn it. This is this sounds stupid. Um, I like the Brew Crew to win it. I think they're pitching. Uh, I think they got the pitching there. Um, it, it's going to be so long before Christian Yelich shows back up. Like you can't keep a guy with that kind of talent down forever. Um, and as nice of a story it would be, Pujols, Wainwright, and um, Yachty to win it one more time together. I just don't see it happening. I, I, they've got a couple of good pieces there, but I don't think it's they've got enough pieces to realistically run away with anything. The only thing they're running away with is um, Yachty's fucking Walker. No disrespect to one of the greatest catchers of all time. And arguably the greatest catcher of our generation. Oh, for but, sure. Buster Posey would like a word, but... I said arguably. I said arguably. Gets. Yeah, I'm just saying how much of a word he gets is decided by what Yachty does in his final season. I mean, he had... Posey had a solid final season. and I, I hate the Giants, but I respect Posey. Yeah. Posey's one of those guys hard to hate. Oh, it's very easy to hate him. I I do hate him for more than just him being a giant because he's the reason that um, you can't slam through the catcher anymore. Yeah, but that was going to be a rule no matter who who brought it up. I think that was a very valid rule, and I think that was just to to better our sport, protect players. That was the end of that was the end of baseball's prime. Viewership has went down since then. Just saying. Yeah, but, but viewership, that was also like the tail end of the steroid era. So 
can you really say viewership has gone down because of that, or was it because home runs stopped being hit around that same time? Do we? I mean, home runs are getting hit now, and viewership's still down. It's still, I mean, it's climbing again. Can we get steroids back with juice balls and juice players and juice balls? That'd be fun as hell. I, I say let them do whatever the hell they want. I want to see what players can do. Let's let Garrett Cole use sticky stuff, and let's let Vladimir Guerrero Jr. use steroids. Well, let, let's see what happens Bro, in that. Act. Could you imagine that? Like, screw the Bay. Like, you you don't run over COVID. COVID is going right back to Oakland. <laughs> and I'm freaking kidding. I I want to see Aaron Judge on steroids. That I would see be a, on steroids. Same. Like Aaron Judge already has that power. Bro, he would crush that ball. Could you imagine Shohei, Shohei Otani and how fast he would throw up people on What? And sticky and spider tech? Sticky stuff. Spider tech and steroids? That man would be nuts. Steroids, like steroids within the stero- within the spider tech? And then the steroids would help him hit longer home runs, too. Right. Not that that man needs any help hitting long home runs. Fucking no. moot shots. Oh, could you imagine, you imagine games in Coors Field again? Oh, Wow. Wow. Maybe right, over let's, Broncos stadium. let's get back on track here. Yeah. Let's head back to the NL West, um, which is not even a competition. It's the Dodgers by 60 games. I was going to say the Giants will get that one, but. Oh, yeah. You, you think so? Or I'm going to go Padres. Mostly, no, yeah, I'm I've just being Padres. an ass, but. Yeah. I've got got I think the Dodgers. I think the, I think Giants the Dodgers and Dodgers are going to fight all year. I. Don't see the Giants. I didn't see the Giants last year, though, doing it. But I, I, I like the Dodgers by 15 games. I'm very biased in that, though. Like, extremely biased in that statement. That's fair. But I look, bold take, maybe kind of bold take. I like the Dodgers to break the wins record. Would be impressive. It would would it shock anybody with that lineup? Pitching, yes. Uh, Just because of the talent there is across the board in the MLB this year. Bro, I mean that's an all-star lineup though. Like especially if Bellinger shows back up, because he's another one. Like, he's, big, it's only so long before he before he reemerges. He's gonna have to get the uh, Josh Gordon treatment and put down the brownies. Hey, what? I don't care what he has. To do. If he if he has to pull Trevor Bauer just to get to where he has to where he can play an MVP level again, I don't care. I say this because Trevor Bauer is proven innocent. Anyway, awards. That's fair. Is that award season. Uh wild cards first. Wild cards, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we uh, wild we, cards. We I would like to go first with this one. Okay. My NL wild cards are Giants. Cubs, Mets. Okay. One for two? One for three on that one. I've got Dodgers, Cardinals, Mets. Who do you have winning the division? Oh, you have the fucking Reds winning the division like a freaking idiot. That's <laughs> right. I... Watch Josh be right. Watch Josh be the only one of us that was right. You know I'm going to rub it in your faces. I'm going to be really pissed if he's right about the NL West. I don't give a shit about the other ones, but if he's right about the NL West, I'm going to be pissed. Fuck the Giants. <clears throat> All right. Let's pick fucking awards. Because... Uh, I, okay, because I don't get 
the Glasgow teams, apparently. Oh, I thought you picked first for some reason, but I no, didn't make request to go. No, go um, ahead, I, I do like the Giants in the wild card. Um, give me the Phillies. I know they underperformed, but I, I still think they have enough to get to a wild card. I would like to officially change my Mets to the Phillies because I forgot the Phillies existed for a half a second. <laughs> um, and then give me the Padres. I, I don't know how confident I am in that. Their their pitching is there. The, the talent is on that team, but will they actually make it? Is the that's a, you know, right, will they stick a system? Yeah, that, that's the question to be answered later. But, yeah, I like the Giants, Phillies, and Padres. All righty. Let's go to awards now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Des, who do you want starting? Uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll run with it. Cy Young, uh, call me bias, which, whatever you want. I like Walker Buehler. Uh, he very well could have went last year. He had a, a rough uh, – like two rough appearances in August that uh, hurt his chances, but I, I like him to be over the hump this year. Uh, rookie of the year, uh, I, I like that Japanese guy that the Cubs signed. Uh, I, I like him to win rookie of the year. I'm gonna be real. Um, in, MVP, that's uh, Shohei Otani. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He plays so good, he just wins both. He wins a yeah. unanimous MVP for both leagues. Uh, Mike Trout, like, because you can't deny him with MVP if he has a great season just because he's got a uh, – not realistically, man. That's a tough one. Because I'm trying not to be biased in this. Can we what, talk can we about the fact that Mike Trout suddenly became the second best player on his own team? Yeah, for the first time in like a decade. Over a decade. He became the second place, the second best player in that division for the first time in over a decade. Yeah, true. Now, yeah, I, give me, give me Juan Soto. Man's a stud. He's the only good. He's the only player worth a damn on that uh, Giants roster or Giants shit. Nationals. Yeah, where the fuck did I get the Giants from? Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like Juan Soto. All right, whoever wants to pick awards next. All right, All right so I'm going to take – oh, go ahead, Josh. All right, so for Cy Young, uh, I know it's a long shot because a big part of it depends on him staying healthy, but – I'm going to go Jacob deGrom. Uh, and I realize, I mean, he's starting the year off hurt, but I think he's going to come back in two months and dominate for the rest of the year because in years past, he's dominated and had superhuman years, you know, seasons at the start of the year and then gotten hurt. This year, he's gotten the got getting hurt part out of the way in spring training. So he's going to come back after two months and dominate <laughs> at the end of the year. And I wouldn't say I hard. Know, I feel I, like the word is more sad to argue with that logic. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm a Mets fan. Say. That's all I've got. <laughs> you got Pete Alonso. I just feel bad trying to argue with him about That's that. That's true. Uh, Alonso got hit in the shoulder and it bounced up and hit him in his uh, helmet last night. <laughs> they had to take wow, him out of the up game. shoulder and a concussion, both in the same game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, MVP, I'm going to go with Ozzy Albies from the Braves. Um, Fair enough. And then Rookie of the Year, I I guess I'm going to have to agree with you, with Dez on the, uh, the Japanese player that the Cubs just signed. Uh, All right. A, well, we're going to. He had a good game yesterday. He did. He had a hell of a game yesterday. We're going to then do a complete or a clean sweep then of rookie of the year here. I'll start off with that. Seiya Suzuki wins that one um, by a lot. I, I think he's going to have one hell of a first year in the league. Um, he's going to prove why the Cubs gave him the contract they did. And uh, I think he's going to be a big part in the Cubs making a wild card run this year. Um, my Cy Young is going to be a shocker to people. He is a uh, former Mets and Blue Jays pitcher. Um, I'm going to have to go Marcus Stroman with this one. I think the the kid's excited about playing baseball again for the first time in a long time. Um, he's very excited to play in Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field, or Chicago has been a place where pitchers have come who have been on the borderline of being great and have had breakout seasons um, pretty consistently over the last five, six years. And so I think uh, we get him in here and we're going to turn him into something pretty special in Chicago. So I think he's going to win Cy Young. My MVP for the year is reigning NL MVP, brand new first baseman for the L.A. Dodgers. I think Freddie Freeman does it again. I think uh, being in L.A., being in a city, being in a city where um, baseball reigns supreme as of late. Um I think it's going to be good for him. I think that team, that franchise is going to be a good place for him to finish out his career, and he's going to thrive this year and have one hell of a season, probably better than last season, and win his second uh, World Series in two years by via the Ben Zobrist route by changing teams. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be upset by Freddie Freeman getting a, another, World, or a, I mean, another World Series, too, but uh, another MVP. Alrighty, with that then, I guess I'll pick my World Series champion because I did just basically pick them. Uh, I think. Could the I, uh, real quick, I said Ozzy Albies for MVP. I uh, made a mistake. I was thinking um, Ronald Acuna Jr. I had there the Braves. You. I just Bro, the Braves said something. the wrong like, name. Good young players on that team. Like it's, you could really. Just pull a name out of the hat, and you, yeah. you have a. Oh, it's 100% in Atlanta, LA, uh, NLCS again, without a doubt in my mind. I mean, third year in a row, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so, who, who are we picking to take home the NL pennant? Is, are we united with the Dodgers? Yeah, I'm taking the Dodgers to go to the World Series. Yeah, I'm, I hate to say it, but probably the Dodgers. 
And uh, I actually, I, I say that, I think the only reason that I don't say that I don't like the Dodgers is just to be an ass to Dez. I really don't mind them. I don't like I, the Dodgers just because of our storied history in the playoffs. I just like being uh, a jerk. See, I thought it was because our fans are obnoxious assholes, which is well, that very too. valid. But we have every right to be obnoxious assholes. The Cubs have met the Dodgers in since 2008. All but one of our playoff appearances, we've met the Dodgers. All but so, two. 15 and uh, this year. Or and, uh, 15 and 20. I thought we beat you on 20. No, it was no, the Marlins to beat y'all. The fucking Marlins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In our defense, the Marlins had never lost a playoff series, so. Before then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. Because didn't y'all win the division that year? And then, no, you were yeah, a lot. won the division by a lot. We, we annihilated our division. That's right. That was okay. the last year y'all were. What the fuck? Yep. And then. What the damn. There we go. Oh no. Worth the fuck. You you can you can edit out worth the you can edit out worth the fuck that way we can start, uh, try to get monetized. You don't have to not cuss to be monetized. I'm sure it doesn't hurt. I mean, all we have to do is mark it as explicit. They just prefer you don't cuss during their advertisements. That's all they care about. Um, but yeah, let's Wait. go to AL then, just to Look, keep this moving along. We... If we get advertised by Big Red, you bet your sweet ass. I'm saying the greatest quote of all time from the movie. If you don't like Big Red, then fuck you. <laughs> all right, let's get to AL just so we can keep this moving along. Um, my AL pennant winner is drumroll. I have the Jays. I do as well. Um, I don't. I'm biased, but I do think they're the best team in baseball this year. In baseball? Yes. That is very the Blue bold. Jays are my World Series. <laughs> uh, Josh is in a bold mood tonight. Yeah, I'm picking the Jays over the Dodgers. Okay, I don't think the Jays make it out of the first round. No offense. Uh, like I said earlier, they are very young. And baseball is a marathon. I don't think this young team's ready to win a marathon. Nothing against the Jays. The okay. talent is there. The the talent is one hundred percent there. However, I don't think they have the experience to make a deep run. Nothing against them. Good point, but the Dodgers have a lot of experience losing the World Series. Yeah, and the Jays have a lot of experience not making it to the World Series. Okay. Also a good point. um, Out of the AL, I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, I know I didn't pick the Angels to win. I would love a freeway World Series. Uh, Mike Trout deserves to make it to a World Series. He doesn't deserve to win one, but he deserves to make it to one. Um. Nothing against Mike Trout. I hate the Angels. It should be under. It should be implied. Um, I, I like. I don't know who the fuck I like out of the AL. It's a tough one to pick. Um, I, I don't trust Boston. I definitely don't trust New York. 
Um, you know what? Give me the Rangers. I, I, I like. I don't know. So I don't know if I like it, but give me the Rangers to us to the Dodgers in five. Alrighty. Yeah. I've got I think, the Dodgers winning in six over the race. Or the Jays, I mean. I like whoever I like whoever comes out of the AL West to win the AL. Because as much as we hype up the AL East, the AL West is a damn good division too. But they don't have they don't they're not gonna beat up on each other like the teams in the AL East. So, I mean, there's that. All righty. Um, Josh, who do you have winning it all? Uh, the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays will beat the Dodgers. How many games do you think? Uh, I think it goes six. Man, you are a bolt. You are a fool. Josh is feeling fiery tonight. I am. I, I guess he does to me in baseball what he does to you in every other sport, Dante. Shits on your team. He's like, yep. like, a, he's like a fucking squinter. He just like does his best to get skin. I just texted yeah. my wife and I said, I don't know what it is, but I said, I'm feeling. I said, I'm just. Frisky. Yeah. Too he bad she's like, at work tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I saw, I saw, I saw about the dismissal. You're going to be in some kind of mood. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that on the podcast, but, you know, I mean, it's too good. bad she's at work tonight. Look, if Joe Rogan can have a podcast and Logan Paul can, Dave Portnoy can, we'll be all right. Yeah. All righty. Um, what are we at for time? Ah, uh, 41 well, minutes. Holy shit, we spent a lot of all time. All right, blow through pickums and then I'll close here real quick. Um, all right, this week, our, we're, let's move into pickums now. This week, we are picking the Sunday night <laughs> baseball game between the, the Red Sox and the Yankees. We are picking the race on Sunday, and then we are picking uh, the the Celtics and Grizzlies game. So I'll go ahead and start with the Sunday night game. I've got the Red Sox winning that one. Um, they looked really good today. I think the Yankees win tomorrow, and the Red Sox finish up the series win on Sunday. In the Grizzlies-Celtics game, I have Ja Morant and the Grizzlies pulling that one out um, to wrap up the season for the Grizz. Um, should be a very good game, fun one to watch. And then in the race, I have Joey Logano winning this week. Des, what do you got? Uh, I like Boston in both games, actually. Um, the Red Sox, I, I just think they're a better team over the Yankees. And uh, as much as I like John Morant, as much as I, I do root for Memphis being the Tennessee team, um, I, I just think that the Celtics have more to play for. Um, this game, they've they can still very well get the two seed in the uh, East. The uh, the Grizzlies are logged into this two seed. I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't think they can get any worse. And the, uh, the Suns have already clinched the best record in the league, so they can't get any better. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I like Boston in both games. And call me a homer, give me Reddick. I've picked against him every race so far, or the past, like, three races, and he's done well. So, give me Reddick. All right. So, I am also going to pick Boston in both games. Uh, and then I'm going to pick Ross Chastain in the race. All righty. Well, with that, folks, we appreciate y'all for joining us for another episode. Um, we appreciate all of you for continuing to be with us as this podcast grows. Uh, we again saw another week of steady growth in our views and downloads on Spotify. So we appreciate y'all for that. Um, we look forward to seeing y'all back here next week. As always, you can find us on any of our Mutiny Sports pages. You can message us there if you'd like to be part, become part of the conversation. Or if you want to send in a soundbite, email us at, at O-F-F-I-C-A-L-Mutiny at gmail.com because Des cannot spell. Um, so that's mutiny at gmail.com. No I in official. Not the second I. The first I is there. The second I is not. Um, or you can find... Um, us at the twitter page at dante underscore ferris that i shared this from you can message me there as well and then again any of the mutiny sports pages to join the conversation um and to be featured in next week's episode of the podcast we appreciate y'all have a great week see y'all next week